Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, November 29th, which is Tuesday. And this is Drive Time Lincoln. I'm your host, Jack Riggins, uh, restoring American values and bringing a little common sense and sanity to the capital city here in Lincoln. Uh, Johnny Cadillac is producing the show. Almost always. Winter weather advisory today. Um, finally, it's here, I think. I think we're kind of in for it for a while. It teased us there back up into the 50s, maybe even the 60s. And now we're down to 24, but it feels like 13. This Friday or Saturday, we're supposed to get up in the 50s again. But that's like the one warm day. Yeah, I, I think winter's here. Pretty uh, much. <laughs> Folks, uh, yes, it's a Twitter Tuesday. We'll probably have some time for that, maybe, if Johnny gets busy finding us a great tweet. Or you can always give us an example on the Rick Stein uh, recognition text line, 402-479-1400. I will ask you to hold your calls, though, until second segment. Um, You'll remember last week I was just briefly touching on... uh, our open Senate seat here coming up soon. And what are the dynamics? Because that's been kind of kept quiet. And I threw some names out there. And wouldn't you know, somebody that's been on the show before um, volunteered. And I think that's great. And that's why we're having uh, John Glenn Weaver on Drive Time Lincoln right now. Welcome back, John. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot. Hopefully, Coach Rule wasn't standing out in the lobby so you can get me on. But uh, it's great to be back. Well, with you, we there is so much Husker coverage and football <laughs> in particular that we try to avoid that on this show uh, and talk about other stuff. Uh, but yeah, hey, great. The Cornhuskers uh, have a new coach. Actually, since I retired, it's, it I think it's the third, and that I didn't retire that long ago. So I'm happy to you know see where it goes. Um, I think this is kind of exciting. Um, you're a uh, former 22-year Air Force officer, retired uh, recently out of Offit, and uh, kind of last minute put your name in for Congress. Yep, yep. I mean, you were still in transition, um, but you're very interested in serving your country again, and you've volunteered and, and gotten your resume um, to Governor-elect Pillen. Yeah, yeah. So a uh, little backstory on me. I retired from the Air Force uh, about six or seven months ago uh, because I saw what was going on with our country and the lack of leadership, namely the pullout of Afghanistan. Uh, I spent 20 years at war. I came in before 9-11. Uh, and so I was there several times in combat on the ground and in the air and also in Iraq. And I saw the way we pulled out of there and how we tragically lost uh, great Americans. And I thought to myself, my service is no longer needed in the military. It's needed in our political arena uh, because only 17% of veterans or 17% of congressional leaders are veterans. Uh, and so I needed to step up. This is a duty of mine that I that I see. It's my next sort of mission uh, outside of the Air Force. I've learned a lot in the Air Force. And I just want to add value in the political arena to serve my country in a term-limited base, to serve the people. I'm a candidate of, by, and for the people uh, those are the only people I'm going to uh, respond to and and be loyal to. I'm not loyal to uh, party politics or or donors or whatnot. But my main focus is saving saving America, saving Nebraska, and defending Nebraska uh, because I believe our country right now needs defended the same way that I defended it over in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, so that's kind of why that's kind of why I've jumped into all this. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, your name came into the hat for the congressional race, and uh, I think when I first heard of you, you were just transitioning out of the Air Force, so kind of a a short leap there, or short jump, 
because of the timeline of that race. Um, but since then, you've you've been involved in in learning, and um, this opportunity came up with uh, Senator Ben Sass stepping away to the University of Florida, and uh, decided, hey, I'm going to volunteer again. You've kind of been on that pathway. I mean, I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've been actively in, in, engaged, involved in, in Republican conservative politics here in Nebraska. First off, just I, I before entering uh, politics, I had zero, zero political experience. Uh, I was apolitical pretty much the whole time, conservative Republican, but I, I was focused on the mission of defending the country. Uh, and so I wasn't, you know, going to knocking doors, going to fundraisers. I was, you know, focused on my mission. So getting into this over the last six or seven months has been sort of an education base. Like we all went through flight training. You went through all your training uh, to get trained in this uh get trained, uh, learn about this, learn who's who in the zoo, who does what, who's good at what they do, and sort of put it all together and see where I can I can add value uh, and sort of just standing all along the sidelines, helping people, helping down ballot candidates because I please the, the bottom of the ballots, the top of the ticket to help those folks get elected and con- uh, further conservative principles in Nebraska. And so uh, when Senator Sass said he's, he's resigning, um, I'm smart enough to know that uh, under the Constitution, since I was in already one special election, I'm the, the only guy, I guess, that knows Congress and the Senate on how those leaders are chosen. And so w- when he announced his retirement, uh, I thought, well, I'm along the side uh, lines here. Throw me in, coach. And so I, uh, I've been to several of the Pillin events, really respect the guy. Congratulations to him on getting elected governor. I fully support him and his mission is Republican policies. Uh, but decided, hey, uh, I am trained. I'm prepared for this. Uh, I've got leadership training in the Air Force, which I outlined in my letter to uh, to uh, Governor Elect Pillen, which on my Twitter page, Real John Glenn, I'll put the letter up there. I've had to move around a lot. I've been taught how to make decisions. Uh, it's not about what you know. I think it's about how you think and what the the Air Force has trained us. So I I've, I feel like I'm well equipped. And there's uh, as we'll probably talk a little bit later here, so many issues going on. In the Senate right now, with with the forty nine fifty one split, uh, we're on a continuing resolution. Uh, the lame duck Congress under uh, uh, Schumer probably wants to push through a bill, uh, but we need we need this to the new Senate to take this, the new House to take this, and I want to be on the front edge of that military funding and and fighting for veterans too. But so that's that's sort of the why I got in the race to serve my country. I feel like I'm prepared, and there's an open slot. So and I'm applying. I don't know if I'm at the top of the pile or at the. Bo- I wouldn't say you're applying. You're volunteering. I mean, um, it, oh, yeah, you've I'm, applied because you've taken the letter and and you've gotten yeah. it to Governor Elect Pillen, but and, you're volunteering, really. And, and he said it's going to be a transparent process, and I fully believe him in that process. But I, I think he needs to have my cover letter and resume, sure, uh, because this is an important job, and so we're already close to thirty days here, and so it's like a two year deployment in the, in the military. It's you know I gotta you know you want to get your person chosen and get in there. Because I'm sure Senator Sass is, you know, picking out homes in Florida. Uh, we need, we need Nebraska needs representation in the United States Senate to fight along with Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley, and Ted Cruz to get our mission of conservative principles uh, in Nebraska spread throughout the United States. So, yeah, we're on with uh, former Air Force uh, pilot, 
officer, Lieutenant Colonel retired John Glenn Weaver. Um, one of the things, uh, well, folks, I, I want to open the call lines in the second segment, uh, 402-479-1400. Um, if you have some questions for John, um, I'm sure he'd love to take them, um, because we will talk about some of the issues. But uh, I want to go back to your history, because I, I find it you know, interesting. We always talk about the military stuff to a degree, but I don't think always people understand it, or we don't do a good job explaining what those qualifications are. Uh, but you did, you know, interesting enough, you grew up on a grain and livestock farm. I mean, there was a prior you before the Air Force as a young American boy growing up in a pretty Midwest deal. But one of the things that's interesting is you're an Air Force pilot by trade, E-4 and the RC-135. But things like joint officer qualified in the service and the various um, theater, uh, theater operational commands and your stop advising the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and at STRATCOM, which everybody should know, is about the highest level of strategic thinking there is on the planet. These are things that give military officers like you an insight into how Washington works and into what makes our country work beyond being a pilot in the Air Force. Wouldn't you say? I mean, I don't, I don't want to force you to brag, but it's just one of these things where people go, exactly. oh, he's a kid yeah. from a livestock farm. <laughs> no. I mean... 11 deployments, Afghanistan, Iraq, multiple tours in the air and on the ground, and serving in Washington, D.C. and advising the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yeah, no. That, you don't get this anywhere else. No, it's it's a, and, and I think, by the way, I was a weapon system officer, but but I think, I think what. Sorry about no, that. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I have friends that are pilots. I'm, I know, I'm a, I'm I know. I'm a civilian pilot myself who's going to work for the airlines, but, but nonetheless, so. Uh, the experiences, I think, and that's what I expressed in my, my letter to, to Governor-elect, is the experiences that I've had, obviously growing up on a grain and livestock farm, got a degree in animal science because uh, I grew up on the farm. Uh, I was homeschooled, so I get the whole homeschooling thing. I mean, you know. But, yeah, so typically in the military you do the tactical mission. Uh, the RC-135 has a has a strategic mission uh, just based on the intel that you collect. It gets tapped. Uh, tossed throughout the uh, the intelligence community but you, you use those for typically first 10 years of experience of doing the mission and so i came in in 99 and was showed up at Offit in 2000 so from 2000 to 2010 i was tactically flying the rc-135 and for the entirety of that time we were at war so i was in a constant wartime rotation back and forth back and forth hundreds of combat hours uh Understanding how intelligence is collected, how it's processed, how the Air Force really, really works, how uh, defense works, how do you deter our enemies, how funding works. And so putting all that together at Offutt Air Force Base, Offutt was my home for the first eight, nine years of my career. And then I went over to United States Strategic Command and, and worked directly with the generals there, four-star General Chilton, uh, Vice Admiral Monty, that were, were developing United States Cyber Command at the time and, and the, the Drafting the warp, the nuclear war plans, the top secret nuclear war plans, and all this takes uh, a lot of training. I've been through master's degrees upon master's degrees and planning courses about how to actually go through this in a logical step-by-step method and to think critically uh, to deter our nation's enemies from attacking us nuclearly. And if we do, we have a response to that. So I, I'm very, very familiar with the nuclear planning process. 
And in addition, the planning process, the military decision-making process, and the military planning process. So uh, then I went to the Pentagon, and in the Pentagon, it's a five-sided puzzle palace. There's 30,000 people, and you really learn the workings of our government and the workings of the national defense structure. I worked on the Joint Staff, uh, the Intel Division, working directly uh, uh, for General Dempsey at the time, providing intelligence to our uh, decision makers in Congress uh, and all the way up to the president uh, about intelligence matters in things that influence at the time it was the war in Afghanistan, it was the war in Iraq. So I was at the front center stage of developing intelligence, collecting intelligence, how it's collected. I, I worked at the DIA underneath uh, General Flynn when he was there at the time. And so the intelligence community is 13 different agencies, so I've spent time at the CIA. I've spent time at the NSA. I've spent time at DIA and all the other three-letter agencies, so I'm very, very familiar with that. I don't think there would be anybody more qualified to serve on the Senate Intelligence Committee and the Armed Services than me, uh, giving my background and experience and to fight and advocate for our military, for Nebraska, and do it in ways uh, where we're not getting fleeced by you know, fat fat guys in suits, uh, contractors, and, and and trying to take our our money away from us, and, and get that money to the warfighter, and so so that's kind of my experience in, in a nutshell over twenty two years. Um, you know, I, I want you to think about this question, answer it. Second segment, a texter brought it up. It's a good question. Um, don't answer it yet because I'm going to have another question. I do want you to answer before we go to break a softball question on defense. Uh, but this question, think about it as we go into the break. Many people expect Pete Ricketts to be appointed to the Senate by Governor Luck Pillen. I think that's fair from this texture. Um, what makes you more qualified than Governor Ricketts? That's a great question. Yeah, don't, no. don't answer it right now. I want you to think about that one. I want you to think about that one because that's a, that's a great question. What I do want you to answer right yes, now. Yes, it is. What I want you to answer right now is, what are the greatest threats to America uh, from your optic um, as a potential senator? Well, I can tell you what it's not. What I've heard a lot about is is global warming. So that's what Joe Biden, Joseph Robinette Biden, thinks it is, and I think he's lost on a bunch of other things. But our biggest threat right now, I believe, uh, is China. And, and the threat posed by China against Taiwan, um, you know, the asymmetric threats that they have, that we probably, I hope somebody at the uh, the NSA and Cyber Command understands, but but the threat that China possesses to the United States, I think I think is our biggest threat. Uh, I would have thrown Russia in there before, but we've seen how weak their nuclear power is, that uh, their military is. I, I you know, there's certainly a threat, a formidable adversary. I don't think they're as big a threat as China, but uh, I would absolutely say China. And then you have North Korea, Kim Jong Un launching. Or testing intercontinental ballistic missiles, uh, which you know at some point in time could reach maybe reach the United States. So that we got to keep an eye on that. What's going on in Iran is a, is a really big deal. Uh, the threat posed uh, by Iran is really great. But but I would say China is our our number one, our number one, our number one threat. To our, our number one threat. I got you. So let me ask you: as we go to break, we have about one minute. Are we handling Ukraine properly right now? That's a great question. We well, first of all, we need to figure out where we're sending all this money. I mean, forty billion dollars went to Ukraine. We don't know where, what what it's being used for. But I, I would say this: the American people have a a tolerance and a, and a and sort of a shelf life 
for military engagements. And as I get into the Senate, this is going to be one of my biggest things, is fighting for Americans not dying on foreign soils for non-existential threats to the United States. So are we doing – We the window has closed on our uh, on Ukraine. The American people are sick of it. We're war-weary. They, they, we were at war for 20 years, and now now we're going on over a year now for Ukraine. So we needed we needed to have objectives right up front. When, where does this end? And General Petraeus wrote a book. When does it end? So that we when we define where does it end, then we can tell you. We'll talk about that and more with uh, Lieutenant Colonel retired John Glenn Weaver, who has volunteered and given his uh, resume to Governor Elect. Jim Pillen, um, just continuing to volunteer and serve his country. It's an interesting story and happy to have him on. The Voice of Lincoln, KLIN 1499 You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're back on a short little segment. Um, you know what? I'll tell you what. Uh, I was going to ask uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, retired John Glenn Weaver. A little bit more about threats and, and thoughts, but uh, Howdy's called in, so I'm going to let Howdy talk here on Drive Time Lincoln for this two minutes, and then we'll get back to John Glenn Weaver. Howdy, how are you? Howdy. Howdy. Uh, thank you for your service, Lieutenant Colonel. I did nine years Air Force Reserve Prime B, civil engineer. Oh, yeah. I couldn't I, get the mission done without you guys. Thanks. Yeah, I never want to put a AM2 matting down ever again. <laughs> <laughs> or build a runway. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I want to know your opinion and what you've seen concerning the upper echelons of our military in their push of CRT and woke garbage that's been infiltrated, especially in my beloved Air Force Academy. And will you put a stop to it? Thanks, Howdy, for the question. Uh, we'll hang up and uh, let him answer. That might be a long one, but uh, no, thoughts, I, I, thoughts I initially? Mean, it, it's it's kind of cut and dry from where I am, Howdy. Uh, look, if we've got American generals out there, uh, woke generals, they need to be stripped of their rank and dismissed if they're teaching uh, CRT and woke, basically teaching woke teaching woke uh, things to the, to the U.S. military. Our, our military needs to be focused on combat power, combat effectiveness, and bringing the fight to the enemy. And if they're not doing that and they're doing other non-necessary things, that needs to be switched. And when I get it in the United States Senate, I will peel the onion back on that like nobody else will have the ability to do to figure out what's being taught, what what CBT's computer-based training is being taught to our military that's taking them away from flying, fighting, and winning as far as the Air Force go. But, but absolutely. You know, it's a good question, Howdy, because uh, one of the major headlines today, right, is that in the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, they're they're playing political football right now between the Republicans and Democrats uh, with woke stuff in there uh, in the National Defense Authorization Act. We can't have that. KLAN 1499.3. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4 by E or Summit 4 by E. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the voice of Lincoln. 1,499.3 KLIN. 
All right, folks, second segment here on uh, Tuesday, November 29th. It is 24 degrees outside. We're under a winter weather advisory. Uh, it's not too bad out there, though, for you know, for winter, if you will. We've got uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired John Glenn Weaver on. Um, as you recall, he recently retired from the Air Force and uh, threw his hat into the uh, congressional race uh, special election. Real short. He, was, he had a short runway, as we'd say, but... Uh, essentially is dedicated to volunteer and do what needs to be done for America and has uh, passed off his uh, resume to Governor-elect Pillen, hoping to be considered for Senate. And so we're just getting to know him a little bit better. We we finished with talking about uh, big threats to America. Uh, Howdy asked about wokeism, if you will, in the military. He had a clear stance on that. Uh, talked about Russia. We, we talked offline a little bit about some of the internal consternation in America. And and you, you said a few good things about uh, I sometimes view and always worry about America from within, whether it be external actors, you know, doing things that destabilize America. But we are in a very high time of of consternation not complete conflict but a lot of different ideas out there and what do you think is one of the main reasons for that yeah so a great question jack i think in the military if something goes wrong uh you usually look to the leadership to figure out hey if the big red wave didn't happen you know is this a leadership issue and i I personally think it's a leadership issue i think it's a quality of candidate issue i think it's a lot of candidates not having the vision they're just fighting with each other uh, I'm in this race not to run against anybody, but to provide leadership for Nebraska and the United States. Uh, so people want us to do our job, political leaders. They don't want career politicians. They want term limits. Uh, they don't want people buying the office based on their wealth. It takes money to get elected to get name recognition. But I think overall, as I talk to Nebraskans all over the state, they want somebody like them uh, supporting them and defending them, defending Nebraska in the United States Senate. I, I grew up a poor farm kid. I am worth uh, <laughs> not very much money at all. I have my military retirement. I'm a disabled veteran that wants to continue serving his country. So, uh, and, and I'm going to abide by term limits. But, but I have a vision and a plan away ahead for Nebraska, rather than fighting with opponents uh, and bashing people. So. Uh, I'm going to stick to my conservative principles and call people out when they're woke, call people out when they lack leadership, call people out when they need to retire, call people out when they're using all their money to buy influence, and they're not really supporting the vision of uh, the Constitution that I uh, spent 22 years of my life uh, defending. So in a nutshell, that's I think it's a leadership problem. Yeah, leadership. I mean, that's the thing for us military guys. It doesn't matter if you served a whole career or just a, a, a few years. Uh it's i i don't even know another way it's just the buck stops with the leadership all the time 7 days a week and twice on sunday all the time and with good leadership comes good results and with bad leadership comes a lot of problems um but the good thing is it can always change and and it can always adapt and i think uh you know i, I no i i'm almost speechless because it seems so up front to you and I, um, but I think people struggle with that at times. One of the things, well, for the audience, uh, the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline is open, 402-479-1400. If you have a question for Lieutenant Colonel Retired John Glenn Weaver and his Senate aspirations or, or the process of uh, handing over his resume and 
um, things like that. Please ask, or his experience, or any other thoughts he has. Yeah. Well, you kind of answered it, but I had asked you to think about what one of my texters asked, which was, you know, a lot of people expect Governor Ricketts to get that. Um, what makes you more qualified, or I would say different? Yeah, no, I, that's a that's a great question. Uh, not to use a quote by by John F. Kennedy, but but I'm I'm running, I'm not running. I'm I'm being asked to be considered considered to fill the slot of Senator Sass, not to oppose any person uh, or any man or woman, uh, but to provide my leadership. You know, I'm taking responsibility for my country and running for and asking to be nominated for Senate. So I think I think Pete Ricketts is absolutely qualified to be a senator. I mean, he's been a governor for eight years in Nebraska. Thank God he didn't put us under COVID mask mandates. I mean, I you know I've got nothing against Pete Ricketts. I think he'd be a great senator. He's a staunch conservative Republican. I just feel like I am more qualified. Like I bring something. I I bring different experiences to this fight. I bring uh, combat leadership of making decisions. Uh, for the right reason, and not, and I don't care about the consequences. I, I, I'm going to make the decision based on what's best for Nebraska and the United States. And then, if I don't get elected the next time, well, that's that's kind of the way it goes. But I'll be connected to the people. There won't be this disconnect of uh, where's Weave. I mean, uh, Ben Sass. I don't even know if I, I've never seen the guy, and I don't think a lot of other people in Nebraska have either. But so I'm not moving to D.C. I'm going to spend as little time as I have to there. Uh, but my home is Nebraska. My home is Nebraskans uh, living here. So I, I feel like I bring, based on what we've just talked about for the last hour, about different experiences, bringing different experiences to this that I think are going to matter. You know, the people want different experiences. People want a leadership change of, of leaders that are going to go solve problems. Uh, and, and that's what I've been doing the last 22 years of my Air Force uh Career, you know, I have intellectual curiosity to figure out how to get things done. I'm determined, uh, and so this is my duty. So, yeah, I mean, Pete Ricketts would make it make a, I mean, a, a great senator. I just think I, I bring a lot more of expertise uh, and experience to this, and, and I'm going to really fight for veterans. I'm a veteran myself, a disabled veteran, so I've been through the VA, and I was going to talk about policy stuff, but streamlining the VA to get better better care for our veterans, easier access. So, so that that's. You know, one of the things, um, not to cut you off, um, but I like to get to some of the questions. Um, And one of the things that I think Nebraskans should realize is, you know, I think it's great if Governor Ricketts, I I don't believe I've heard him say he's interested, but I think a lot of people think that. In the end, we have two already good candidates, and I don't know if there's anybody else, not candidates, but uh, potential people. And that's good for Nebraska. It means we have a a bench. Um, the other part is, is yeah, they're just different experiences and different thought processes of, of the way, um, both of you have served. And so, yeah, I think it's a good thing. And I think that the more, uh, you can discuss these things again, I'm intimately familiar with the intelligence agencies and there's a lot of, um, experience that comes with somebody with your background in the Washington arena and not just in foreign affairs and military matters, but basically how the process works and how we get things done in Washington. One of the texters asked, and I think this is good, um, how would you stand up for Nebraskans in America day one in the U.S. Senate? Uh, Well, hopefully I get there sooner rather than later. Uh, We're on a continuing resolution right now, and uh, we need to make sure this next budget for the next fiscal year is is fiscally responsible and that's gonna you know 
Who knows what Schumer's going to try to push through on this thing, but I'm going to stand up for Nebraska. People don't want us going into further debt. We're not raising the debt ceiling. Uh, that's that's a, a no-go from, from day one. Uh, enforce the border. Every state's a border state. Four million of people have come across the border under Joseph Biden. I mean, that's double the state of Nebraska. That needs to be secured. Uh, we need to prevent illegals coming across. Fentanyl. Uh, COVID. I mean, we haven't figured out what what went wrong there. I mean, any any official who deliberately misled the people, the public, needs to be charged with fraud. I mean, you, what what went on there is just criminal. I, I uh, have to ask you what, one thing. Being a former military officer like myself, are you disgusted, shocked, or just like, oh, I, I didn't know it went on like that. When you see elected officials doing things that everybody in the United States military would be fired for, no retirement, no anything, you know, misleading the public, um, you know, making decisions in the blind that have giant ramifications we're not talking about you misplaced well, destroy uh, prc our, radio it destroyed <laughs> you know? our economy i mean there's so many small businesses that are out of out of work and then you throw that on on the the joe biden illegal student loan forgiveness thing thank god the courts got involved but yes i mean you know it's uh i, I i'm amazed I, I i wish i was still in the air force to be honest with you but this is what i signed up to do uh the leadership in their political realm uh is lacking uh, it's it's if any veterans are out there thinking of retiring and running for office, I, I would highly you know. Suggest. But that's another reason you want to run. I exactly. think is yeah. that you, you we inherently know this and have I, I I hate to say it, folks, but we have an inherent honor and oath that just doesn't leave us to the Constitution of the United States, and we see a lot of things lacking. Yeah, and it's it's taking ownership. You know, I think Jocko Willink wrote a book about like a military guy somewhere. He's just not going to let the building fall down around him. I mean, he's, whether he's in charge or not, he's going to do what he can, he or she can, to secure the perimeter, which is our border, build the economy back up, uh, don't spend more money than you make, and sort of take action, even if nobody else is taking action. You're not waiting for 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 Mitch McConnell to give talking points out and you wait around for a week till he gives it to you and then you go drive out to Nebraska I mean 10 week 10 days before you talk to the people I'm going to make decisions I'm going to be able to synthesize the data understand what's going on talk to the professionals and make a decision I'm not going to be waiting for talking points from Mitch McConnell on what I need to be saying about the border. It's just, well, that makes John, no sense. I got a comment. John Glenn Weaver breaking down some inside baseball there. and But you're absolutely right. And that's what I think the American people are sick of. They're sick of waiting for talking points and or bots to start attacking, whether it be left or right. Uh, we want real people, people we can touch, people we can talk to, people who have children in the community, make themselves accessible. And, uh, and that brought me back to Ben Sass. I thought about it. You know, we never do an exit poll. We did in the military. Right, you, you'd you'd find out command climate surveys and oh, everything, geez, yeah. right? And you'd you'd get raked over the coals, uh, but it made you better. Uh, my guess is that many Nebraskans were probably happy to see him go if we took a poll. Well, I, I haven't I, met I mean, somebody that is sad to see him see him go. I, I never met the guy. Yeah, I can't. I'm not, I'm not knocking months. him. I'm just saying the sentiment was out there, and it seemed like he wasn't around a lot. I want to ask real quick. You talked about on the national level. What do you think is one of the biggest threats to Nebraska and and our way of life and the uniqueness that's Nebraska that will come up in the at the national level that, that you or the next senator will have to 
weigh in. Well, that's, I mean, jeez, oh, I mean, where, where to start? I mean, I already mentioned the border. Uh, ag policy is going to be a big one. I'm really concerned about tax policy. You know, I, I own a farm myself, and, and land prices have appreciated the point to where uh, a farmer uses his land. I mean, it, it, being taxed on that capital gains of his land would just be devastating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guard farmers. Uh, the military at off at Air Force Base, uh, the nuclear triad is being modernized. They're going to get the funding for that. So everybody that works at off at Air Force Base under my leadership uh, can feel very secure that I'm going to fight for the, the, the upgraded and modernized nuclear command and control triad of ICBMs. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, and then veterans all across the state. Uh, are not getting the care that they that they deserve to work for process into the VA uh I you know I worked at the Pentagon 3 years and I, and I still can't get on some of the VA websites to register for my care and I spent 22 years I can't imagine somebody just getting out so so that's going to matter to day to day to veterans to getting the care at the VA expanding VA care facilities we need a bigger VA clinic in Scotts Bluff and Western Nebraska, I mean, people don't need to be able to travel 500 miles to get the care, get health care. So those are some of the big issues: ag, military, uh, nuclear triad, and then VA health care. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and folks, I'll say this: I do some work uh, uh, with some benevolent organizations uh, around uh, the mental health of our vets, and I'll tell you what: uh, I was aghast at the gaps. Now, listen, we have a great VA system here between Omaha and Lincoln compared to the rest of the nation and some of the horror stories. So shout out to those folks. But it is so heavy on the eastern side of the state. And the fact is, is when you walk around Nebraska, the vast majority of your combat vets come from the Guard and the Reserve. Um, yes in this state and they are all over the state. And yeah. when you look at the gaps between essentially Lincoln and Denver and then go North and South, um, big spans of land, we've got to do something. And, uh, I'm glad to hear you bring that up because yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's one of those things, right? It's a land mass problem. Um, and it, you just, you can't drive 250 miles and 300, 500 miles to get care. Uh, you just can't do it. No, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. We've asked people to go to war for 20 years and, you know, their back and everything else hurts, and now they're coming back. And then meanwhile, uh, you know, Schumer wants to raise the debt ceiling. Uh, we're not, I mean, we're not raising the debt ceiling. We're going to secure the border and, and this reckless. I'll, I'll spend money on the VA. I'm not spending money on, you know, uh, a guy at a coffee shop to put at, you know, not to pay for his PhD. You know? I, I'm assuming you would probably uh, be in favor of us uh, opening wells and. Being energy well, interdependent. Absolutely, here. we need we need the Keystone Pipeline. We need all sources of energy. We need the Keystone Pipeline open. We're not in a strategic emergency where Joe Biden needs to sell all our oil. Actually, we probably are under his leadership, but I think it was designed more for like a military conflict. Now we're sitting ducks. I just talked about China. China comes in and does something. We don't have strategic reserve. We're bent over the barrel. No pun intended by Russia. Now, if we want oil, so build up the strategic reserve. Become energy independent. Gas. Coal, oil, wind energy, yes. Well, moving forward, Lieutenant Colonel uh, retired John Glenn Weaver, I guess I can say a hopeful Senate uh, senator, actually. Um, what do you expect from the process a little bit? Just staying in touch with the Pillen camp as obviously they're busy with him yeah, he's, assuming I mean, power. He, uh, he, he's, a, he's a busy man. Uh, man, I... He's got a big – it's a fire hose for him, I'm sure. But, you know, he said the process is going to be transparent, and I believe him at his word on that. Uh, 
you know, so it, it'll be transparent. And, and so now he's got my letter ahead of time and my resume. And, uh, you know, I, I would, I would like at least probably, a an interview, maybe go talk to him. I've, I've, you know, we were on the campaign trail a little bit there. And when I went out to see him in, in, um, St. Paul, Nebraska, a couple, I drove two and a half hours out there to see him. Uh, he talked about first impressions and about how he meets somebody as a first impression. I met him at Sarpy County. Hopefully I didn't, you know, I was a political novice at the time. So I'm sure at some point in time, I, you know, stuck my foot in my mouth on some political ease that I wasn't aware of. But look, I, I want to serve Nebraska out shoulder to shoulder with him and our message in our mission. Uh, he's going to run the state and I'm going to advocate for the state in the, in the United States Senate. And uh, I would just appreciate transparency. I mean, there's a lot of people that probably want to apply. And I, I you know, I kind of welcome that. I mean, this is America. Everybody should step up and serve their country if they think they got something to add. So yeah, I just would request transparency. Well, I'll tell you what, whoever ends up going uh, is going to have a good brother slash sister um, in uh, Senator Deb Fisher, who's been there a while and is very uh, savvy in the ways. And I would think uh, looks forward to helping uh, somebody learn the ins and outs of Washington. So, um, yeah, John, really appreciate you coming in. My pleasure, Jack. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service and what you do here. We need to support all our veterans when we can. So. Thanks. Well, I appreciate that. I'll tell you what, we'll come back a quick two minutes here. Uh, KLIN 1499.3. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, we're back here finishing up uh, programming note uh, tomorrow, whatever Wednesday, uh, we're going to have... Patriot Academy, uh, Rick Green on, uh, founder of Patriot Academy. He's coming to Lincoln or Omaha next week, uh, but he's going to call in and we're going to talk all about Patriot Academy, the U.S. Constitution and his mission in running that organization. Uh, Thursday, we're going to have, uh, Turning Point USA from the University of Nebraska on. Looking forward to that. Young conservatives and their thoughts and ideas. Maybe get an update of how campus life is. And uh, Friday, who knows what we'll do, but we'll figure out something, folks, without a doubt. Um, again, uh, John Glenn Weaver, volunteering for Senate, got his uh, name to uh, Governor-elect Jim Pillen and uh, did have a caller just kind of talk about spending and fiscal responsibility. And I, I think that one of the things we didn't cover is, of course, from your background in the military, you're going to make alliances and you're going to ship away at it. Sure. Um, and the fact is, is yeah, the debt does go up, but I think you're talking reckless spending. We can't do that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not for shutting our, our government down, defunding our military. What I'm for is reckless spending and just fiscal responsibility. You know, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling so that we could just spend more money and pay off student loans, right? So, so that's. That's where I was coming from. Yeah, so it, it's finding the things that slow that down, and it's it's finding the things that we need to spend money on that are worth it for the American like tax. COVID stimulations, COVID spending of three three trillion dollars. <laughs> well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting things out there these days, and uh, again, appreciate having you on. Thanks so much, um, KLIN fourteen hundred ninety nine three. Thanks, Jack.